Friends, it's Ann West, Executive Director of the Island Health and Wellness Foundation, and we are back with another episode of the Just for the Health of It podcast. The following is a conversation that I had with Sherry Billings. Sherry is the Executive Director of Hancock County Habitat for Humanity. As usual, nothing that we say today is intended to serve as any sort of medical or healthcare advice. It's just for educational purposes, and we're going to have a little fun along the way. So with that, first of all, welcome, Sherry. Can you tell my listeners on Deer Isle a little bit more about Habitat for Humanity, what it does, who it serves, whatever you want to share? Sure. Habitat for Humanity. I mean, I think a lot of people don't know that Habitat for Humanity has existed in Hancock County since 1989. We've been building homes for um, people who live um, most of the time below the poverty level. Um, we can work with people who um, are have between 30 and 80 percent of adjusted median income for the area. Um, and on the lower end, that's people with significantly low income. And on the higher end, that's not too bad for for local income. Absolutely. I didn't realize you've been around that long. I know it's it's kind of incredible. It's like yeah. the best kept secret. Mm -hmm. um, so talk to me a little bit more about what you do um, in terms of, are we talking you're building houses? Are you financing houses? How, how does that work? So we do both of those things. Um, what we do is we build houses and then we help people, you know, partners that we select from the community who have applied to be a homeowner with us. Um, we help them with um, purchasing that home from us. So I think one of the misconceptions I think that happens about Habitat for Humanity, I think there's a misconception and I carried it myself before I came on board, was that Habitat for Humanity um, gives homes away, that homes are yeah. free. But they're not free. Um, in fact, the people who come to us and need help with home ownership uh, pay mortgages, they pay taxes, they pay insurance like anyone else. Um, but what we do is we work with them to have a payment on their mortgage that represents no more than 30% of their income. So our mandate is that homeowners that come to us will pay no more than 30% of their income for their taxes, insurance, and their mortgage payment. So that often doesn't equate to paying what would be a mortgage payment for um, like a, a, if a home was sold on an open market, you know, the average price of a home right now is what, $300,000? Right, least. right. Um, and so our homeowners can't, can't really afford that. So what we do is we figure out what is the amount that represents the 30% of their income. And then um, we build the home and um, mortgage it to them for that amount, whatever it is that represents 30% of their income. That leaves us a gap, you know, between what they can pay for a mortgage payment and then um, what it costs to build the home. Absolutely. There's a big gap there. And so that's why we use a lot of donated labor to get homes done, um, either asking tradespeople to donate their time or um, give discounts. 
or um, doing fundraisers in the community to try to raise money to defray the cost of homes. Um, those are some of the the things that that we do to to try to lower the cost of the home so that we can make it as affordable as possible for the person that's moving into it. Excellent. And I don't think there's been any time in hi recent history where affordable housing has been more of a concern than um, lately. I, I literally hear about it in almost every community everywhere. So this plan to help with making housing and the idea of home ownership more affordable across the board is just amazing. Um, but you did take my next question, which is fine, which is, is there any cost associated with the services you provide? And you did such a good job of explaining that this isn't a free house. This is not a house where the keys get handed over and, you know, the kind of thing that we see on television. There is a definite um, part of it that the homeowner is responsible for. Now, not only that, Anne, but if I could, um, not only are they responsible for paying a mortgage that equals a third of their income, which is a healthy housing payment, right? Yeah, That's what for sure. Should be paying. So not only that, but they're also responsible. Each ad adult homeowner in the house is responsible for about 200 hours of sweat equity that they have to do on either helping to build their own house or helping to build somebody else's. So even people without building skill, there's something that they can do to volunteer time to give back to Habitat in the community. So they may um, work in the office. They may, um, you know, do other kinds of help with fundraisers. They might help with events or they may, you know, paint and do drywall or help with, with other sorts of things on either their home or somebody else's. Oh, wow. So there's, so there's a big investment of both time. There's an investment of both time and money for, for all of our homeowners. Absolutely. So who can actually request services from Habitat for Humanity? Um, anybody that lives in Hancock County can request services from our affiliate, Hancock County Habitat for Humanity. But um, there are habitats in other parts of the state that also provide the same services that we do. Okay. And so what does that process look like if they contact you? Are there, is there documentation with proof of income and things like that to provide? Is there a waiting list? Um, what does that piece look like? There's no waiting list per se. Um, we generally accept applications when we have a home to, to accept applications for. Right now, we are working on building a house in Blue Hill, but we anticipate building more homes in Blue Hill. So we are accepting applications for these three other homes that we're hoping to build in Blue Hill at this time. So people fill out an application. They Yes, they need to provide proof of income, um, information from their tax return, things like that. Um, we pull a credit report. Um, folks who come to us have to have an ability to partner with us in that they can afford to, to pay back. They can also do some level of sweat equity. They, also, they have to be living in a place that isn't okay for them to currently live. So the housing that they're currently in has to be substandard in some way or not 
um, have enough rooms to meet the needs of the family. There has to be some problem with the housing that they're currently in. Um, and they have to have um, a willingness and ability to partner with us. Um, Excellent. So once a person applies, we do have a um, committee that we're always, again, we're always looking for volunteers from the community to be on committees. You don't have to be on our board to be on one of our operating committees. And we do have um, a partner selection and support committee. And that helps us to select the the partner family that is going to be the best match for the house that we're that we're building um, and also helps us to provide support to the homeowner after um, after the build happens. We provide support to the homeowners for the entire time that they own the home. Wow, there is so much to this that I didn't even realize. I I love this conversation because I'm learning so much and it just amazes me, first of all, the scope of what you do. And second of all, the amount of thought that's been put into the process of home ownership um, and just the fact that it doesn't end after the move-in, that there's still support that's needed. I mean, this is still, like you had said, a significant amount of their income going to this house. And so the the need to keep it up and the things go wrong as homeowners, we all know that. Um, I just think that's beautiful how much thought has gone into it. So Sherry, why would you say that your organization is a vital part of a healthy community? Well, I think that in my mind, in the mind of Habitat, you know, health and housing are so closely aligned, right? Um, when people don't have decent, affordable housing, it just creates a domino effect of um, adverse health effects, really. So the stress from not having a place to live or knowing where you're going to be or having, um, you know, pollutants or um, dangerousness, other kinds yeah. of dangerousness in your community um, or in your neighborhood, that creates health impacts. Um, and so stable, decent housing promotes health. Home ownership, we found, also promotes health. When people move around a lot, it's harder for them to um, keep up with health maintenance, you know? Absolutely. Yes. Um, Establishing care is a, it's a challenging process and it's definitely not something you want to do multiple times a year. Right. And most of the time, the reasons why people move if people are moving a lot, it's usually due to evictions, needing to find a cheaper rent, um, maybe a foreclosure or something like that. Maybe they haven't been able to afford the place where they lived before. Um, and so then that creates additional cost burdens, too, because when you move, you have to come up with a new security deposit or a new down payment. Um, and you have to you know, figure the, just moving your furniture is a cost, right? Having to take days off from work. Not everybody has time off from work available to them that they can deal with, you know, the matters of life that happen to all of us. Um, so those are some things that, that can happen. Um, 
And what I think is also true is that so among households with low incomes, moving into um, a more stable housing environment, um, a more affordable and stable housing environment has been associated with, um, and I'm I'm going to read you some statistics here, 18% fewer emergency department visits, which we all know are your highest cost of absolutely absolutely um 20% more primary care visits really so, yeah fewer emergency visits and 20% more primary care visits so that ongoing health maintenance and education is happening um and so Someone in the Habitat, you know, Habitat for Humanity International um, figured that that combined equates to a 12 percent de- decrease in Medicaid health care expenditures. If you stop going to the ER and you start using just stop going to if you stop going to the ER and you start using a primary care physician because you now have a stable place to live and um, access to the resources in your community, it's a 12% cost savings across the board. What a difference. And what a difference in the lives of people. I mean, emergency room visits are traumatic. They're nothing that you want to be doing on a regular basis because that means you're already manifesting symptoms that need immediate treatment. Whereas primary care is more preventive. It's more having the conversations of how do we prevent um, things from becoming emergencies. And that just seems like such a better quality of life. And I love that you've been able to tie those figures together and I, again, I'm learning so much from this conversation. I appreciate it. Um, Sherry, what is one service or program that you offer that you wish that more people knew about? Well, one of the things that we're doing right now um, that we hope to replicate in other communities, we're doing a pilot project right now with the town of Bucksport and the Bucksport Bay Healthy Communities Coalition, where we're going to the homes of uh elderly residents of the town of Bucksport who have applied for help um, and doing safety and accessibility repairs to their homes. So these, we're not going in and fixing roofs or things like that, but we're help, we're doing repairs um, and modifications to the home that an elderly person might need to be able to have the home be more accessible to them. So we're fixing people's stairs, we're fixing rotting decking boards, we're putting up um, railings and bathrooms so that people can can use the bathroom and the shower with ease, Um, changing toilet seat heights, um, making sure hand railings are secure, things like that. Um, And we launched that program a couple of months ago, and we recently completed our first modification to a homeowner's place. And we're very happy that this homeowner now has solid stairs that, that they can go in and out of their home. And there's a railing that they can hold onto. The stairs before were very small and had no railing. And now they have nice wide stairs and a hand railing that they can access the stairs. We're going to do another project tomorrow that's very similar. Um, 
and how this is working between these three entities. It's really all of us working in collaboration that are making this happen. Habitat is doing the building portion of this. And so we provide the construction work. The Bucksport Bay Healthy Communities Coalition is providing a person from from their group that comes with us on our initial site visits. And while we're there taking a look at what kinds of modifications could happen to the home to assist the elderly person and being able to really being able to age in place, um, the person from the Bucksport Bay Healthy Communities Coalition is giving them information about their Thrive program which provides services to elderly folks to help them be able to have what they need to be safe and comfortable in their own homes. Um, so it's kind of a multi-pronged approach on that first visit. And um, then we come back and, and do our piece. What the town of Bucksport has offered up is um, they're paying for the bulk of the materials that are being used on these homes. Um, we applied with them and were granted $15,000 in ARPA funds, which are being used to uh, do these safety and accessibility modifications over the next year. So right now, this is a pilot program, and we think it's working really well. Um, we want people to, we want more people to apply. I know that we live in Maine and we are stoic people and we are not people who have been socialized to reach out to one another and ask for help. But when help is available, we should take it. And yeah. um, the application for this program is right up on our website. Also, the Bucksport Bay Healthy Communities Coalition has information on it. On their website, if anybody is wondering, you know, if you live in the town of Bucksport, you own your own home, and you're wondering if you qualify, take a look at the Bucksport Bay Healthy Communities Coalition um, website, and um, you'll be able to determine pretty quickly whether whether you're um, a potential eligible applicant for that program. But it's it's new and it's exciting. And I think we're going to be able to help a lot of people this way um, because we do have an aging populace and we do have aging housing stock. So absolutely. And I think I love that for so many reasons. Um, collaboration between organizations is something that we all need to get better at. Um, so whenever I hear that there's organizations who are bringing their gifts together and offering them, um, it just makes it all the better and all the more scope of what we're able to offer to people. And then, you know, coming from the perspective of, of representing Dear Al Stonington and knowing of our nursing home closure a couple of years ago, there are increasingly increasing numbers of older people who are trying to age longer in their own homes because yes. there aren't the inpatient resources that there were even 10 years ago. And yet, None of us, or very few of us, I would say, bought our houses thinking about aging in them. So we we have the two floor houses um, where you mm -hmm. have to use stairs to get to the bathroom, you know, things like that. And so programs like this that help to address 
that idea of being able to age comfortably and safely in our homes, it really does keep people more vital and more part of our communities. So I am so looking forward to a lot of people using this program so that it can move beyond the pilot and come on down to the peninsula um, because we, we could definitely use it where we are. So how do people reach you, Sherry, with questions um, to sign up for one of your programs or even to become a volunteer? Yeah, that's that's and volunteerism is another really important aspect of this. And so I'm glad that you brought it up. One of the ways that we keep, as I said before, keep costs down is by using volunteers to do construction on homes and also using we use volunteers in the safety and accessibility program as well. It's really built on the backbone, you know, it's volunteers are the backbone of our. Yeah of our construction work. Um, and I think everybody knows that about Habitat. Um, so how do people contact us? They can contact us um, by email or by phone. Um, we have a Facebook page where they can follow us and see what we're doing. And we also, um, we just launched last last week, the week before, a brand new website. Um, that we're very happy about. So folks can also send us a message that way. So um, my email is director.hchh at gmail.com. And uh, folks can contact us at at any time if they have questions either about applying for home ownership or, or whether um, they are eligible for the Bucksport program, or if um, folks from different agencies are thinking this might be a good collaboration for your agency. It's, it is something that we know that there's a huge need for and um, that we, we do want to do with other communities. Absolutely. And I will put your contact information in the show notes so that people can access it as well. I've kept you for a little while this afternoon. I'm so thankful that you gave us this time and for all that you're doing in the community. I can't let you go though, without asking our standard end of podcast question. And that is, it doesn't have to be work-related. What is bringing you joy right now? Um, Pickling cucumbers are bringing me joy right now. Um, I love this. It's gardening time and I love to make pickles and I planted lots of pickling cucumber plants. Now is the time that every time I go outside, I walk in with a dozen cucumbers. So that brings me joy. Do you have a favorite kind of pickle? Sour mustard. Oh my goodness. That is a classic. It I is. love that. Mm -hmm. That is amazing. I'll have to tell you my pickle story sometime, um, but it, I always think there there are special people who make pickles and the story that I tell you when we're offline will bring that out. But I, Sherry, I appreciate your time. I appreciate all that you do. I can't wait to work with you further in this role. And uh, we're just so appreciative that you're bringing housing options um, really for everyone. And yeah. I, I really look forward to seeing where this goes in the future, especially that pilot program you were talking about with making houses safer. Um, I just think the sky is the limit and you are just the right person in the job. So thank you so much for this time. Thanks, Anne.